Hey guys, welcome back to Cornerstone Podcast. We are so thankful that you guys could join us today as Pastor Eric shares the stage with one of our very own missionaries from Italy, Grant Sloan. So good to see you, Grant. We spent, we spent a great time yesterday. We were driving, uh, I think we drove to the Berkshires. We were looking at the beautiful foliage out there. Boy, I tell you what, I love what your wife said, Grant. I think what your wife say about, work, about nature. I love it. She always says, when you walk in the nature, it's already a prayer in itself. Because you're appreciating the creation, and at the same time, you're appreciating the creator. It's awesome. And that's, you know, it's in it beautiful. Aren't we blessed to live here in New England? We're blessed. If you were in New England right now, we're blessed to be in a most, one of the most beautiful places of the world. He was telling me yesterday. And I think it's important we thank God for the little things and the big things. Because you know what? Everything deserves God's grace. So. Amen. Well, it's so good to see you here, Grant. And um, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here. Grant came from Italy. And uh, just have Grant share a little bit to you, give you, bring your greetings a little bit, what God is showing him uh, together. And uh, we're all in this together. So... Amen. Well, it's good to always be back. See all you guys again. Now with the mask, I don't know if I could recognize some of you, but (laughs) what a time we're living, eh? I never thought in my lifetime I would see something like this in the world. But here we are. We have that hope in Christ, so that makes everything much better, doesn't it? I don't know how the world does it without Christ. Like I always say, if I wasn't saved now, you know what I would do? I would get saved. For sure. <laughs> it's not a time to be without the Lord, that's for sure. But I, um, I want to give you a little bit of brief, seeing this clip and uh, what you were sharing about the 60s and the Jesus people. And yeah, that was my, my sweet dad. He's been out there for 45 years now. And yeah, he was a banker and the Lord met him in a really particular way. And he had a heart for God. He started sharing his faith in the bank where he worked, and they started telling him that he couldn't. So we're paying you here to work, not to preach your religion. And so dad said he felt kind of frustrated, thinking, come on, you know, he was just sharing what God had done in his life. And then this crazy tent ministry came through Nashville. That's where he's from. And it was the Jesus people back in the 70s, and they were just sold out for Christ, and my dad really felt in his heart to, to follow them and to start telling others about this Jesus that he had met. So me and my brother, we were pretty little. I was five, my brother was two, and my mom and my dad, and they totally forsook all, sold everything, and joined up with this tent. People thought they were crazy. <laughs> but a lot of times God uses crazy things, doesn't he? And so he joined the team and They served here in the States for about two years. Then the Lord called them to Italy. And the original plan was to evangelize Italy in six months. Now, I mean, we we make little plans. They looked at it on the map, this little boot. They said, we'll start from the north, go to the middle, and head to the south. It's been 45 years later. The Lord's still working in that country. But out of the team in Italy, we've had over 13 teams sent out around the world. So it's beautiful how it's just when people have a, a willing heart to serve God full time, how God uses that. And so I grew up in that reality. For me, it was just a normal part of life as a kid. 
I guess when you're a kid and you know where your mom and dad are, that's just how it is. I didn't even notice there was something else different. I thought all kids grew up that way. <laughs> but it was a very interesting and so many experiences. And I saw God move in ways I could go on for days, the, the stories, and how God changed so many lives and living by faith, literally living by faith day by day. And they were, they've been there. They saw how it used to be. The, we had totally like a, like a big circus tent, and we lived there in a camp, and buses and campers and tents. We were about 120 at that time. And so I grew up that way. But um, growing up, I thought God was just for the people that needed God. I didn't think I needed God. Boy, was I wrong. I thought he was for the delinquents, for the drug addicts the drunkards, for this, for that. And so at the age of 19, I wanted to try out and see on my own how this world was. And I came back here to the States. I was only 19 years old. And uh, like I say, I was uh, very handsome when I was young. And so I was in, got into modeling and the fashion world. And it was good for my ego I wanted to be loved by people. I thought that's where it was, to be on the magazines. But there was such an emptiness in my heart, so strong. And I was living in San Francisco at the time. And the Lord used a little old lady, immigrated from Russia. Her name was Irene. And she stopped me in the middle of the street of San Francisco, down there in Market Street. And she said, young boy, which I was a young boy back then, remember Jesus loves you for who you are. I always thought, how many times did I hear that in my life? Growing up in the team, missionary father. But that day, it came home. I realized that Jesus loved me for who I was and not for what I was doing, for what I was trying to be. And she asked to pray for me. I felt a little embarrassed in the middle of the street. And she, I remember, said, if you're ashamed of Jesus, he'll be ashamed of you in heaven. I was like, okay, pray. <laughs> And she was real bold, and she prayed over me. That night, I went home, and I, I cried out to God. I asked God to come into my life and to change me. And it was just incredible when I felt the presence of the Lord. His Spirit come in me, change my desires, my mind, my heart. You that have been saved, you know real well what I'm trying to say. And I would like to say that since then, it's been a great journey. It's been full of joy and peace. And, no, it's been battles up and downs, but it's a journey. We've got to stick close to the Lord, and we learn through those times, and he forms us. And it's all about that intimate relationship with him. And that's what I wanted to share, just how if we keep on pressing towards the Lord, he is willing to do what he says in his promise in the book called the Bible. That's why we've got to read it daily, put it into practice. We need it so much. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus more than ever, more than ever. I was encouraged by a little story I had heard on the radio coming up, listening to K-Love Radio. I really liked that radio. Wish we had it in Italy. And it was a little story about um, this pastor that goes to visit this little old lady. And she had in her house this um, picture of um, Daniel and the lion's den. She said, Pastor, what do you see in this picture? He said he was looking at it, and he was trying to see what the old lady saw, and he was studying it. He said, 
I see the lions, one's looking down, one's looking up. I see Daniel there looking into the light. I see some bones. She goes, look, Daniel's keeping his eyes on the Lord and not on the lions. I thought, amen, that's what we got to do is keep our eyes on the Lord and not what's coming around us, what the media is trying to tell us, all the fear. We have to realize who we are in Christ and be bold, be bold for our faith and share that hope with others. It's so important that we tell others that this hope we have found in Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people, they don't really know. They know about religion. They've maybe heard about it, but they don't really know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I live in a Catholic country. It's 90% Catholics. And there's, you know, they pray to Mary and they have all their rituals. And the Lord always gives me opportunities just to share with people how it's about falling in love with Jesus. That's what it's all about. We make it so complicated, but it's really not. I guess that's why Jesus said, be like the little children, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. And if you're not like them, we can't get in. What does that mean? Don't be so complicated. <laughs> Kids ain't that complicated. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> we get too much going on in our brains and we don't realize that God's got this. He's in control. He really is. And these are times right now that we can really press in, be close to the Lord, grow in the faith. Don't be discouraged. Don't look around and be discouraged, but look up and realize you got this, Lord. You know what it's all about. I don't get it. I don't understand. We can have all our questions, but that's where trust comes in and believing in his promises. It's so important. Would you agree with me, Eric? Amen <laughs> to that. We've been having a good time. You know, we've been been in contact because uh, Italy was the first the country to really get hit with COVID nineteen. It was it was pretty significant. If you yeah. remember, it was the epicenter in the world, and uh, and just what propelled you, what helped you get through it. I think you've been talking about the hope, the hope of Christ. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it happened. It started last year. It was in um, uh, end of February, and um, I had flew back to Italy. <laughs> After I'd been here, because my dad went to stroke last year. And so I decided to come and do the, his meetings that he had for him. And here I am again this year by faith. <laughs> but um, when I finally got back to Italy, I was invited to, to speak on a TV program, which I've been eight times in the last 10 years. And it's kind of like your guys, Judge Judy, where you go in front of a judge and they have a court case. But they give me an opportunity to speak about my faith. And so it's very encouraging for me because I get to speak to a lot of people and about... It's not the number one show or something? It's like very watched. It's been on for 20 years and it's... Um, we have siesta in Italy, you know, after lunch, you have a little rest time. And at the one, before the one o'clock news, they have this program called Forum. And so they, they invite me just because it, I, I make high ratings. That's not because they care about I share my faith in Christ. But uh, I take that opportunity. The producer, again, calls me and says, Grant, I don't know what you do, but every time we make these high ratings. And I said, it's not about me. It's because I give people this hope that I found in Christ, and especially now. They need it. He goes, ah, yeah, whatever you're doing, you're doing, it's, it's going good. So just keep it up, you know. <laughs> and these are people that don't know Christ. But the Lord uses these opportunities. So what happened, I went back and I had to record this show. 
And when I went to go fly down to Italy, lockdown for three months, literally lockdown. Rome was like a ghost town. I just was like shocked to see. I never saw, thought I would see that in my lifetime. Well, what happened was I had shared in a small little community outside of Rome in a little town called Latina. And this uh, family came to me after the meeting. They said, Grant, if you ever need a place to stay, we would love that you be our guest. You know, I thanked them. That was very sweet of them. But I thought in my mind, you know, I don't think I ever need to, be to stay here. Hello, what happened? <laughs> I needed a place to stay. <laughs> and so I called Maria and they were all excited to have me. And it was such an encouraging time in the Lord. I mean, we... We're having little house meetings and encouraging each other in the faith during those three months and just getting into the things of God more than ever. I was encouraged. They were encouraged. And when I look back, I really saw God was in it. And at the moment, I was like, what are you doing? And I realized God doesn't seem to always work in the logic. Have you guys noticed that? It seems like he works not in the logic. So we don't get the credit thinking, yeah, I figured that out. You know, we think as Lord, more we know the Lord, I got this kind of figured out. And he always finds ways to say, no, no, you don't got this figured out. Trust in me. I got this. I'm still learning in that. But that time there was really encouraging to me with this family. And then we had Eric, he would zoom in and I get to share what was happening in Italy. If some of you guys saw it, maybe. And then we had the little grandma that was, she was 92 years old. I this, love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> she was so in fire for God. What encouragement. Sorry, everybody. That's my interpretation. That's my You remember. She was amazing. Yeah. She would have these dreams about Jesus and angels. And, and she was just all day long connected with the Lord. And I would just look at her thinking, man, I want, I want to be like her and the Lord. Just that simplicity, but just, just so real in her faith. You know, just stuff like that in that time is really encouraging for me. So to me, what do we got to do in this time? It's very simple. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. There's nothing else I could say. Nothing else I could tell you. No, I'll do this, do that. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We've heard it so many times. Like I heard it all my life that Jesus had loved me. But until we really understand that we take it to heart and we do that, then we see God in action. And we just got to stay in the word. We encourage in the faith. Praise him all day long. Keep that joy in your heart. And then when you share the faith that you have found in Christ with others, it even encourages you to keep walking, to keep loving others. And that's what I really encourage a lot of believers. We don't just get into use to coming to church and being fed, but we get to give. We shouldn't get too fat, you know? <laughs> too much we get. We get and we give. And that's how it happens. That's what the Lord calls us to do. You might not all be missionaries, but we are. We're all called to tell the world. And they, believe me, they're so hungry for Christ. They're just seeking. I talked to a little girl the other day in, at the cash register in Walmart. I just looked in her eyes and I just saw this sadness. And I just said, I just want to tell you Jesus loves you. And she was just like thanking me. It was like, who knows what I told her? And I thought, and I asked, I said, has anyone ever shared the love of Christ in this Walmart. She said, you're the first one. I said, how long have you been working here? She said, four years. I thought to my heart, how many thousands of Christians have passed through this cash register and not tell this young little girl just a simple, Jesus loves you. So we all got to stand up more for our faith. Be bold. What? God didn't give us a spirit of? Fear. 
And so we got to show, show our faith and share it with others. And the Lord loves that. And what he does is he encourages you when you do that. To me, it just comes natural. Yeah. Maybe I could have done it, you know, kind of grew up in that. We or... were discussing this yesterday. We were looking at all the foliage. We were talking about the fact sometimes we make, we make uh, the, the Christian life some kind of Hollywood movie hmm. like, it, like it was with the apostles. They walked around. There was a music score playing behind them. There was all these incredible lighting sequences through majestic conversations. And, but they were just living life like we were, and God worked through them supernaturally, naturally. I think we had this idea that we have to be this extraordinary, um, flamboyant Christian uh, that has to be having all the answers, but just sharing the love of Christ, you know, and the, the whole thing about hope, the hope is really holds us together, isn't it? It really is. But like you're saying, I believe it, it starts even with a humble spirit, you know? Yeah. Be humble. Humble always wins. Yeah. And believe me, I really believe that the one of the sins God hates most is pride. Because you think it was the first sin, you know, with the fallen angel, the angel of light, which was then Satan. Proud, he wanted to be over heaven. And it always works in all of our lives, you know. Patching the back, oh, you've been saved a long time. You got this figured out, this, this, and that. No, man, don't ever be deceived by that. Say, Lord, I need more of you. Cleans me, pure me daily. My wrong thoughts, my attitudes, not enough loving each other. And let the Lord work in our life in that. Just be sincere with God. Now, with all this mask, I like to say, with God, we can't wear a mask. <laughs> with each other, we can now, right? Yeah. <laughs> but with God, we can't. And he sees. He sees it, our heart. And that's the beauty. We can just be sincere with God, be real. And I, God loves that when we're just real, when we're real with him. Have a humble spirit. And when we love others, when we tell others, just keep that in mind. You know, the Bible says, and Peter says, um, be ready in season and out of season to share the hope that is within you. And, and the hope, everybody, I think it's important we grab a hold of hope because hope is just not like I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Biblical hope in the Greek language is a future fact not yet realized. It's like getting a paycheck from your employer, having it in your pocket, and you know it's good. All you have to do is bring it to the bank, and it's going to be yours. And so that's the biblical hope that we have, a future assurance not yet fully realized, but it's in transaction. And and that's what we have to be about, everybody. And I think it's encouraging. I just wanted to share a scripture, and we're going to go ahead and pray. But uh, Romans chapter 5, I think they have it prepared in the back to put on the screen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, it says, Therefore... Since we have been justified by faith, believing what God's done for us. Isn't that amazing? That's all we got to do is believe what he's done for us and let go of our control and believe what God has done for us. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the what? Hope of the glory of God. The glory of God, not the glory of you, but the glory of God. He does the illumination. We're just like a lantern. He's the light inside of us. We might be the candle wick, but he's the fire that illuminates. And so the glory of God, verse 3, not only that we rejoice 
Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. I don't like that part, do you? We can rejoice in our sufferings, can't we, Grant? How do we do that? Humanly, it's not possible. <laughs> but with the Lord, it's all that things are possible. It's his spirit that changes us, and it's able. If we, with our human mind, it's almost like, how can I do that? Oh, think positive, speak positive, and they teach you all these little methods. Ah, it don't work. <laughs> we rejoice in suffering because we have the hope, right? Uh, but not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering, if we do it rightly, produces endurance. It's like that suffering, if you've ever, as you can tell, I'm in good shape. Uh, when you're doing, I'm just joking, when you're doing weights, that last rep, you're like, I can't do it. And when you push that rep, when you're having a hard time, you start building muscle and you start building spiritual muscle. We'll start hoping in God when we feel like we can't do it anymore. And that produces endurance. It's like running when you can't run anymore. They say that second wind comes in. You just got to keep pressing on, keep pressing on. All of a sudden you get that second wind. And so it says not only that in verse three, but we have rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. I hope that God is growing our character during this time. And character produces what? Hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for us. Thank you, Jesus. And so I just love it. And it says in verse 11, more than that, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation through Jesus Christ. That is our hope. And that hope gives us the ability to, to move forward because we know we're in Christ. And as Grant and I have been talking, and, and does that 92-year-old woman in Italy, if you haven't seen it, I wish you, wish you had heard a video of that. Yeah. But she was so in love with Jesus because she had a hope in Christ. Building that hope. So everybody, what we're going through right now, my question to everyone is, is simply this. Do you have that hope today? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus and let the hope of Christ touch your heart? Have you? And it's, it's not trying to be good enough. It's giving up at all and saying, God, I need you. And for those of you that have given your life to Jesus, are you letting that hope grow inside of you? And so what I'd like to do right now as we conclude our time this morning, being here together, having a little time together in our living room, we call this our living room, uh, we just want to be able to pray, how are you with God? And Grant, would you mind praying for, how about praying for all of us who believe in Christ, that God would increase our hope in us? And I'll close with the other part. Oh, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. And Lord, you know our hearts. And we realize that, like we were singing earlier, we need more of you. We need more of you every day. And these times, Lord, as humans, we can have our worries and our fears. But Lord, we just want to surrender them to you and ask you, God, to really have control of our life. Be our number one goal. Be our number one love, Lord. Because we realize we need you so bad. I pray for anyone that's hearing this right now that doesn't know you in a personal way, Father. That with your Holy Spirit, you can touch their heart. And they can reach out and understand what it means to walk with you. Father, teach us your ways. And be with us, Lord. Help us love you more each day. In your holy name. Amen. Amen. You know, I just want to give everyone an opportunity, and I, I say this all the time. It's so important. 
And we, you've heard this perhaps all your life. Maybe you've heard it all your life. Maybe you haven't. But if you were to die today, if this was your last day on earth, do you absolutely know you would be in the presence of God? That he would accept you? And many of you might say, well, you know, compared to everyone else, I'm pretty good. So I guess God would be okay with me. But the Bible says this, the wages of sin is death. God's perfect. But he loves us so much that he sent us Jesus. It's not being like everyone else, everybody, but the only assurance of being with God is come to a place and say, God, I can't do that anymore. I give it all to you. I believe you are the son of God. And maybe you're, that's you today. You're ready to let go, trying to control your life, realizing that your creator is calling you back to himself. He created you. He loves you. He made you. And you've been trying to do it your own way. The good news is you're designed by God for God. When you plug into God, you start becoming the person that God's called you to become. But it happens through surrender. He will not force himself. So I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus right now. It's a, it's a heart connection through our mouth and faith in him. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If you want to bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going to repeat after me in your own heart. Lord Jesus, thank you. Go ahead in your own way. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. You took everything I've ever done wrong all the things I've done wrong and was placed upon you on the cross. You died and paid a debt I could not pay. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for rising from the dead. Lord, I ask you right now to forgive me of everything I've ever done, both known and unknown. And I choose this day to turn away from what I know is wrong. And I choose to step down right now in Jesus' name. I resign from being in charge. Lord, this is not my life anymore. I completely hand my life over to you right now in Jesus' name. I declare this life is no longer my own. The best way I know how, I'll give it all to you right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, come in me right now. I invite you. Take your residence inside of me and lead me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Cornerstone Podcast. We hope that you could tune in next week as we begin our new series with Pastor Eric based on the book of Jonah.